Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I talk Tantra with Wayne Barkis. He is an intimacy coach, somatic release practitioner, and sacred sons facilitator. I'm so grateful for his content and so appreciative that he's here on the podcast to offer his perspective of living an expansive life. So thank you for being here, Wayne. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey in becoming an intimacy coach? How did you discover this passion and purpose? Mm, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm uh, really happy to be here just to share just some nuggets of, of my journey. And, um, you know, I've really had a radical transformation, like super radical transformation. And it, it, and it is why uh, I've shown up in the space that I've shown up because uh, about seven years ago, I got divorced. And at that point, I was really living like deeply in the matrix, like working 10, 12 hours a day. It was really Groundhog Day over and over and over for me every single day for like 20 years straight. I was pretty much just in a fog. And uh, divorce was really like an absolute explosion to my ego uh, because I was really, really buckled in into safety. I had a lot of things. I had this whole title that I thought of myself and all of it disappeared overnight. And I went on what I believe to be like the most amazing journey, uh, which is discovering who I actually am. And over that uh, period of seven years, I'm still learning. And it's, uh, it's just been absolutely uh, ups and downs and ins and outs and has given me the opportunity to, to really get to find some incredible things that have worked for me. And it's why I want to show up to share it with the world. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've seen at some point on your Instagram, I saw the before like the before the divorce, the before this journey photo. And it's insane how different you physically look, but, you know, obviously feeling the energy as well. It's incredible. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little alarming uh, when I look at that, but you know, I, I'm, I'm like super grateful for uh, being able to look back at that and, and recognize like where I was and, and where I, where I'm at now and continuing to go like, Oh, okay. This stuff works. I'm, I'm, I'm reversing an age a little bit yes. energetically. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. The people that I know that work or are deeply dedicated to like some sort of tantric path or intimacy, like connective lifestyle, 
they all look just like amazing, <laughs> super attractive, look, you know, 10 years younger than they are. And it, it it's incredible. It really is like an age regenerative sort of uh, way of being, you know, the way that you're living and the way that I feel that I'm living as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, speaking of your Instagram, your like title or your tag or screen name or whatever it is, is a sacred King, which I absolutely love. And I'm curious if you could share with the listeners a little bit more about what that means to you to be a sacred King and you call yourself that. Mm, I, I love this question because I haven't really um, looked back at that for a minute. It just kind of was um, what it really is for me is it's been a reclamation. It's been a reclamation of who I always was. And so Sacred King, the title for me is essentially a remembrance. And I will openly admit that sometimes I forget. Uh, Sometimes I slip and go back and and maybe forget my way and um, voices come and and then I forget. But uh, I believe the journey for me has been just to continue to remember and to continue to go back to being sovereign and being expressive. Uh, when I made my first post on Instagram, it was like super vulnerable. And I was just waiting for all of the arrows and all of the phone calls from mom and family members because, you know, I was like 40 years old when I started Instagram for the first time in my life. I was a business owner and a, um, you know, a dad to two girls. And all of a sudden I'm sharing like the deepest of the deep stuff for myself. Um, and I really believe that's what a king embodies is that he just embodies his truth regardless of what's thrown at him and he can just stand in the wake of it uh, in, in order to show up for the people and so that for me is just a it's it's a continued remembrance of what I'm here for yeah absolutely beautiful thank you for speaking into that and so you had this incredible transition in your life And where does that bring you now? Like, obviously this was like kind of a personal journey. When did that start to become like your medicine or your offering to the world? Uh, Well, it was, it was kind of uh, chaotic to say the least post-divorce. It was a really, really uh, challenging experience, quite toxic. And um, I was caught in that, in that loop for several years. Um, But along the way, I met my girlfriend of now seven years. And we had a amazing trauma bond of being angry. (laughs) We met each other really in our pretty much our rock bottoms. And, you know, I don't endorse that for anybody. Uh, But that being said, in my particular case, it, it, it worked. And it's been the most challenging ride of my life to go from a real like abandoned situation to then meet somebody and get to work through my codependent patterns and get to understand conscious conversation. Uh, But to be completely forward, she started doing all the work herself first and really started to, uh, I mean, she invested in a coach. She went into a six-month container. She started to meditate. She started to move different. She started to speak different. She stopped being reactive. All of the, like, the patterns 
started to dissolve. And I really was taken aback and at the same time, super enticed by like, what, what is she up to? How is she carrying herself this way? Why is she not engaging in the toxicity, you know, the, the toxic conversation? Where did she go? Oh no, I'm losing her. Oh no. Maybe I should ask her to invite me in into the world that she's stepping into. And, and that's, that's where I started the evolution was by uh, really healing the nature of my feminine um, with my partner. Wow, that's incredible. And and I know that there's there's lots of stories out there with the feminine being the one that really inspires the evolution as you know the oracle that she is. Oh yes. And and it's it's also really interesting because I feel that there are lots of there's lots of belief in the world of self-growth, self-development, embodiment, etc., that really encourage us to like fix yourself first, like do like come at the relationship from a really whole place. And I think that there is, you know, a lot of benefit from that, but our relationships are really like our greatest training ground. And it feels really beautiful and refreshing to be having that conversation and to see such a, such evidence of that possibility, because I know that there's people listening that are like, I'm deeply devoted to my partner and I'm not, I'm not going to leave this relationship and things aren't working. So what do we do? So what do you think is like, what makes the difference between um, the ability to like transcend a trauma bond together versus uh, feeling that it needs to happen, you know, separately? Like, what's the difference? Mm, yeah, well, <laughs> it depends what your uh, level of consciousness is really, because at that point, the the trauma bond for me was way stronger than, than anything. So it was just like, we're, we're glued together. We're not going anywhere. Um, this is just what needs to be now with the set of awareness that I have now. Yes. I would, I would urge um, most people, including all of my clients that come to me to, you know, spend um, a set significant amount of time with yourself and um, learn to restore that relationship. It could be three months, it could be six months, whatever the case is. Um, that's a great start. But yes, in relationship is where we really get to like understand what we're, you know, what, how is the work even really manifesting in ourselves until we go outward to really get, you know, the uh, attracting uh, vibration coming to us where it's like, oh, I got to go. I got to go back and do a little more work. I, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, but but really the, the magic thing that happened for us um, in the situation that we were in, and it's what I really speak to in terms of like all codependency is when we just abandon ourselves for the sake of the relationship. And when we became aware that we had really deeply disconnected from our needs and were requiring the other to meet them, which was exhausting all of the time. Like it was cute to like show up and be like, let me save you. Let me save you. But whoa, that really got old after a while because then it just harbored so much resentment where it was like, why aren't you saving me right now? And she's like, I'm exhausted. I'm trying to work on my own shit. You know, go save yourself. And, and really that's that's when the journey got really beautiful where it was like okay let's 
let's, you know, because the relationships is just a total separate container. And we have our own unique identity. And so we got to go back to really work on our own unique identity and then come back to the relationship and really foster growth from the growth that we are experiencing on our own. Yeah, absolutely. To me, that's the dream relationship, one in which you feel both really safe and committed, but also have this level of freedom that can only come from sovereignty and from doing that work you know, with yourself. And so I understand that this is definitely a part of the work that you do now and you work with individuals, you know, what are some of the other ways that you're bringing this medicine into the world? Uh, Well, I'm bringing it through virtually and in person with men's work. Um, Men's work is really um, something that really helped me out when I was in the deepest of the deep, uh, abyss of um, dark night of the soul let's just say because for so long I had really not asked for any support I would just made it look like I had it all together mm-hmm. and I was a mess and really sometimes I just wanted a hug or just like hey could I talk to a, a guy friend and just kind of tell him like I don't really understand this thing in business, or I don't understand this, like, can you help me with your expertise? But because the mask that I had was just so, um, so huge to cover all of the inadequacies inadequacies that I actually felt, I never really reached out for support. And so when I finally did, when my partner showed me this like group of men that were like, doing these cold plunges and and doing this wrestling and hiking on a mountain, I I actually just felt deeply called to go and join it because I hadn't really had much adventure in my life up to that point. I was really caught in the work grid and I was also a dad. And so like adventure to me was going to a soccer game on a Saturday and that didn't, that wasn't doing it for me. That just didn't feel deeply fulfilling. So I went and I went to the first Sacred Sons uh, event that I went to in uh, California, where there was about 25 men. And I experienced what I believe to be um, a, a more of a sacred approach to life and understanding ourselves. And it, it really called to me how they were holding such an incredible, safe, loving, embracing container, but also allowing men to go into like very deep, vulnerable shares that made me feel not so alone, where it was like there was just an instant connection with like 30 men where I'm like, oh my God, thank you. I don't feel so alone anymore. And it's really been the call on my heart ever since to continue to uh, bring that medicine forward as now I've I've been trained and gone through the entire process with the Sacred Sons and just facilitated uh, convergence for 450 men in North Carolina. So that was um, a really incredible honor to be able to go from, you know, an attendee that felt completely broken to having this organization really felt held in it and supported and, and really seen like their leadership take complete radical ownership for their own shit and what they can do better and where they're falling apart was such an example for me 
um, that I've just felt deeply committed to show up in that way uh, for other men. Yeah. And now you are a facilitator of Sacred Sons, which is cool because I haven't, I've been following the movement for like a couple of years and was Mm -hmm. trying to push my past partners into the spaces. Um, And I, and I think it's just incredible. If I was a dude, I'd be all over it. I know that they have like sacred sisters or something like that, but Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, I'd love to hear more about like showing up in that space. How has that been for you as a leader, like going from someone that received the medicine so deeply to now being like a leader in the space? Well, I've learned a lot about the work that I've done for myself. It's an incredible lot of energy to hold for men who are dealing with very deep shame, guilt, unworthiness, sadness, pain, grief, sorrow, talking about 20, sometimes 30 years of this stuff compacted in their body. And so in four days to, you know, have all of these little individual groups of 30, um, I've really, you know, been able to see uh, where I need to give myself more space, where I where I get to, you know, instill more boundaries within the place as so many men are so excited. We're seeing each other from across the globe. And sometimes I just recognize that I really need to go to my room and just be with myself sometimes. I just cry. Sometimes I pray. Uh, sometimes I just read a book. And, um, you know, I'm putting it all out there. I'm like, I'm really... I'm really showing up into this space and and offering men just a full spectrum opportunity to experience more of themselves. And so, um, you know, I'm proud of myself for the work that I've done on myself to be able to get to the point where I can uh, lead and be of service. And I also recognize where I get to do more work so that I can show up and expand even fuller in the world. So it's really been a launching pad for me just to feel more comfortable with being myself. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say that, I mean, so many of us obviously have our, if not all of us have our own healing journey that precedes bringing, you know, our pain into purpose and our mess becomes our message. And then we start working in the space. And to me, it's just like brings and integrates our own lessons so much deeper and, Mm -hmm. And brings out more of ourselves to see to see that in in the individuals that we connect with. And I'm super curious about what this work actually looks like in Sacred Sons. Like, what does it mean to be a Sacred Son? What does it mean to be a part of this community? What are you guys up to? Yeah, just want some more juice. Hello, lover. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you for your patience with this brief interruption as I ask for a quick favor. If this podcast resonates with you, I would love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to find it and more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. Thank you again. Take these couple of minutes to hit pause, write a quick review, and then let's get back to the episode. This particular year, it's expanded globally. Um, so the the work to be a sacred son and, and to be in the facilitation group, they have really created a lot of training and um, they've really done an incredible job of holding virtual and in-person experiences. And the best way that I could uh, explain it is that, you know, men in Western culture have completely 
completely missed out on initiation processes. Mm. And, you know, for all of the books that I've read about, you know, tribal culture and, and how they would really just go in and the mom would hand over the child and it would go to be with the elders for months before it would go back to mom. And there's books that are really articulate in this experience. Iron John's one of them. And what the Sacred Sons have really done is they brought back the rite of passage, the initiation experience for men. And, and really, it's for men's psyche, right? It's not for their physical uh, vessel. A lot of men have really connected to like, okay, the first time I you know, have sex or the first time I hit a home run and the first time I graduate from college, these are like what Western culture initiations have become. And men have really been um, echoing that like they're not feeling fulfilled. Okay, I've, I've crossed that threshold. What's the next? But really what the sacred sum does is we get into the psyche a little bit more. So it's more of an initiation of uh, healing uh, inner child and, and like really deeply connecting um, with the pain, uh, with the regret, with the sorrow, with the sadness, with the full spectrum of emotions and um, being able to understand and honor what that inner child needs. And then we celebrate it. So we go into these deep spaces and it could look like screaming. It could look like, you know, hitting pillows. It could look like um, curled up in a ball crying for 20 minutes with 30 men around him just holding that energy. It could look like a man that's never expressed his voice to his family because his parents have shamed him. It, it looks like us allowing him his full expression and then lifting him up over our heads to feel held and supported so that he could literally download that feeling of what it's like to be his fullest expression and be supported in it in his cells like on a cellular level wow. this work is impacting men and uh and and then the the real medicine is that they get to go back home and they get to go back home with a, a new awareness. They get to show up for their partners, for their families, for their kids, for their other brothers in a different way. And they also have like the download that I don't have to do it alone anymore. I've got brothers across the globe that I can simply send a message to at any point. And, and, and that's really what the culture is. It's, it's no more lone wolfing, like no alpha dog mentality. This is, this is a brotherhood and brotherhood is medicine. Yeah, thank you so much for speaking into the intention of this space. And I just feel like the longing of the, of the collective for this to be like the normal, right? And, yeah. you know, it's the same with the feminine in terms of initiation. We're just across the board lacking initiation. I like to say that like spirit can't conjure a lion, you know, like, like mm. we have to be able to, or like what, what you hear in the stories, you know, or we don't always have those really uh, beautiful, educated um, elders that have passed down a initiatory right through the ages. Like we just don't have that anymore. So mm. often what ends up happening is we have different sorts of struggles like, you know, sickness or death 
or, um, you know, car breaking down, whatever it might be. And that gets to become part of the initiation as well and experiences such as sacred sons or otherwise in the space, you know, different retreats, um, working with coaches, et cetera, can really be the power of integrating those initiations that we have out in the real world and making them a part of our holistic spiritual experience rather than something that just like happened to me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love as well, this wasn't on our list of like the, the topics that I sent you before. So I'm going a little bit off the script. So um, just giving you grace there, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on what it means for uh, like a woman to initiate a man to me, like that's a big part of like relationship as well. And I see that objectively, you know, viewing your story with your partner, um, how she initiated you in, in some way, which do you feel called to speak into that at all? Oh yeah. I mean, I, 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 there's so much beauty to it. And, you know, one of the big questions that I get asked all the time is like, my man's not doing the work or how do I get my man to do the work or, you know, how do I get him to feel into his emotions and how do I get, how do I get, you know, how, (laughs) and really it's the million dollar question. And um, what I like to say is that we really, as men need to get called on our shit. Like we just need to, it's okay for us to have a space to fall apart and, and be messy. And it's going to be messy and in our relationship we both allow each other the space to like fall apart and be reborn but i need to be personally reflected um my shit if i'm really not showing up um if there's just and and a woman's intuition is such an amazing guide um for a man's shadow to pull him out and really call out the best of him and so but the way that it needs to be done is is where it's really particular and and i say that in that when our relationship began uh, the energy of how claudio would show up was in a mommy way it was it was very like it was very familiar to me in that i feel like she's mommying me and it felt like what it really did was it poked the bear for me of the shame that was already there for who I was. And so what men really come to me in in these experiences and these retreats and, and something that men experience a lot is just an unworthiness and um, a shame for like their true expression. And so I think there's something to be said for like really being committed to loving a man where he's at, but then also evoking the best of him. Mm-hmm. And so that didn't come from the energy of her poking the bear and telling me that like, I could be better. I could do better. Maybe if I did this, maybe if I did that, it actually came by her embodying everything that I wanted to, everything that she wanted for me, she went and did herself and like went in so deep 
And it just called me forward in like, and it did look, it doesn't always happen. Some men are just going to be bystanders and they're going to watch and their partner may just rise and rise and rise in her queendom and just really take off. And he may be left in the dust. And, and that's a decision where it's like, okay, is this, is this going to work for me? Or has this relationship not evolved in the way that I would like it to? Um, but for, for me personally, uh, it's, it's really been about as much as the work that she's done on herself. It always inspires me to be a better man. Yeah, absolutely. That's so beautiful. And I have so much admiration for your guys' relationship. It's absolutely stunning. And I really love the acknowledgement of the like parent, like um parenting your partner, sort of like, you know, Claudia at first was like this bit of a mother to you. And it's like that really doesn't inspire one to step into their sacred king, if you will. Um, and there's this term that, you know, floats about around like feminine testing. And mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because that can feel like really um, contractive for a lot of men, this idea of like, oh, she's testing me. And to me, I see it as such an invitation, especially when that testing is coming from a really authentic place, which generally speaking to me, like a mature feminine testing is really her just being herself, her being like in her sacred, divine, feminine, fully liberated, including her sexuality self. And that is challenging for a lot of men. And that is like a bit of the feminine testing, but that's exactly what like, it's like, to me, testing isn't actually doing something as a feminine, as a feminine being, you don't have to do anything, but liberate yourself. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you have to add to that, but. Oh, I love that. Yeah. As you said, invitation, I'm like, it is such an invitation because, and look, there's a lot of Peter Pan complex men out there that will run and fly away when confronted with anything that makes them feel contracted. And, and there were plenty of things as she was, you know, testing me that I felt contracted, but I took it as a, as an invitation to say, whoa, something's here. And she's calling up the best of you. She's calling out the king that's in me, uh, that I don't believe in, but she sees it. And, and so I just, I, I think it's, it's a beautiful opportunity for every man to feel into that space and rather take the victim role and say, this is happening to me. It's no, this is an invitation for you to be more of yourself that she's reflecting to you because she believes in you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not something that um, is going to be necessarily like, oh, there it is. She's testing me. I, you know, I've got it. Uh, oftentimes it, it, it feels unfair for the man or it feels like, um, really crunchy and, and for the woman as well. And to me, it takes like the feminine standing really strong in that and having the compassion and grace to understand that there might be a lag time for the masculine and like recognizing it and, and stepping up to the plate. And ideally it's a uh, shorter rather than longer lag time. And, and for the masculine to me, for him, it's about, um, really getting clear on like, if I'm triggered by something that my partner is doing, uh, is this coming from my ego or like, where is the origin story of this as well? Uh, and having men who have 
who have been through the ringer with, you know, all this sort of work, you know, in spaces like sacred sons to me is just so powerful. Mm, That's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how has doing all this men work impacted your ability to show up for the feminine? Obviously like Claudia, who is your partner kind of had her own, journey stepping into femininity and then you started to to use your own resources how has that you know paid it forward back into your relationship Hmm. well it really started my journey of like understanding my nervous system and what my capacity was for chaos because up until the point of the sacred sons my relationship to chaos or attention or anything that would feel a little bit threatening to me, I would just, I would numb, I would run, I was avoidant, I was like, get me out of here. And in a lot of ways in our relationship in the beginning, I was the same. I would not really address it or just kind of push it away a little bit or in, in my case, it would be I would get drunk and then we'd, we'd open up that can, you know, unconsciously because I didn't know how to go to it consciously without being reactive. Yeah. And so the, the biggest thing that's changed in me is that I've become responsive. Uh, there's, there's, there's a stimulus in between reaction and response, and that has just absolutely grown to the point where I can just sit and hold and not have to say anything as I observe my body. So, you know, it's really helped me with my relational capacity, how much I can handle um, when, when things get tough, like how much can I hold? How much can I breathe with her? I mean, it's improved like sex, it's improved conversation, it's improved presence. And that's because I have a space to release all of the stagnant energy that was creating all of these stories and all of these patterns in my life. Uh, When I was able to let those go and repattern, I was able to show up fuller, show up more present, show up more grounded, more stable, uh, less reactive, more responsive. It's just, it's really juicy. (laughs) It's really, it really is. Uh, And, and, it's from my heart. And that's the biggest difference is that I'm, I'm showing up from my heart and not from my ego. Like it's all out there. Everything's exposed and I'm, I'm still willing to be seen in it and, and, and really just drop off the walls. Yeah. I love you. You just really naturally made a good transition into the next you know, topic that I'd like to explore, which is around, you know, somatic release and working with the nervous system. So I'd love if you could just share like, you know, very briefly, what, what does that mean? What does that look like somatic release, uh, as well as like working with the nervous system? Mm, Yeah. Well, you know, as I, as I've said, uh, you know, I spent the good majority of my life being completely disconnected from my body and, and it was like autopilot. I mean, I was probably about 40 pounds heavier than that I am now, maybe even 50 at one point, um, wouldn't look in the mirror. Uh, I probably didn't look in the mirror more than 10 seconds a day to brush my teeth. Like there was a complete disconnect there with my actual body. It was like my body gets me from A to B and it performs, it makes me money. And that's all it's here for. 
And so the journey with somatics has been to really be in my body. Embody is to inhabit. So like my journey has really like how deeply can I inhabit my body? And at the Sacred Sons, we would do like a little bit of breath work and stuff. But I hadn't quite experienced like the depth of a breathwork journey or a breathwork experience where I was in a breathwork session for two hours until I was introduced. Uh, at that time, it was holotropic breathwork. And I had like an entire out-of-body spiritual experience comparable to a like a mushroom journey. I was blasted off. But then at the same time, I was like also deeply connected with the energy of my body and what I was working to release. And when I was done, I felt like 10 pounds lighter. I felt like my heart was online. I felt like I wanted to reach out and call all of my friends up and love them and support them. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And more, please. And so I, you know, I made a commitment to myself, actually. Um, the commitment was to do 365 days in a row of a breath of fire every day. And let's just see, like, you know, why not? Like, there's a long life here. What would it look like for me to make a radical commitment to my nervous system to acclimate myself to like deep chaos, like intensity? And the breath of fire is pretty intense. And so I did it. And after a year of doing it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't need to do it as often anymore. But it, like, it made such a difference in how I show up to every single space and, and how I move, how I think, how I talk. It, like, it just wiped my field out of all the negativity. Uh, that I had going on and massively expanded my capacity to show up into spaces where I was afraid. And so I became a practitioner. I just was like, I want to be able to serve this medicine to not only men, but to women. And I want to be able to be the space holder for them to have this experience and I can tell you that because I offered to my private coaching clients too, Every single one, including at this last event where there was 30 men, within six minutes, just tears, just mm -hmm. flowing. And, and underneath the tears, underneath the sadness, underneath the grief, underneath the sorrow is always the same thing. And it's happiness, it's joy, and it's love, which is our, that's our natural state before all this stuff gets piled on. So uh, as I continue to expand in this space i'm just blown away at, at what it's what it's doing for people yeah absolutely breathwork is a topic that has come up at various points on this podcast and for those that are listening and want more on that there's definitely you know more episodes to dive into that and also we have this incredible individual here, Wayne, and I, I highly recommend checking out all of his offerings. And I definitely want to maximize like your perspective on this particularly, mm -hmm. uh, because I think you have a really unique lens. And, you know, we went into this conversation about talking about, um, 
you know, the nervous system and being able to hold, as we were discussing, you know, holding the feminine, holding in your relationship. But as we know, you know, as you do one thing, it's really how you do everything else. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I found interesting about, you know, approaching your work is that you also talk about working with somatics, working with the body, working with with the nervous system as a way to connect to your purpose, which I feel to so many people that's like, what? Those are two completely different things. I love if you could speak into that relationship a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, things, things come up in life and it it could be a heartbreak. It could be a a disappointment. um, It could be a betrayal with a friend uh, could be a nasty email from a boss. I mean, there's just a slew of things that happen along the way. And for just the person that's doing like a little bit of maybe breath work, like a little bit of meditation, a little bit of nature, some of these things can throw them off track so deeply and severely and can really create some depression if they're not looked at and look, grief is a big one. Like we've all experienced some really massive grief from just the state of the world, like grief to whatever people thought was normalness, grief to loss from people who, you know, passed from COVID and uh, what's happening in Iran. Like there is a collective grief that's going on in the world right now. And at some point we're going to feel it. And at some point, we're going to need to go into that space within our body because it will throw us off track because it's an energy and it's thick and it's heavy and can create thoughts that will want us to grab food for comfort or Netflix or whatever the behavior that comes out of it that's really off track. And so what I find to be so radical with somatic breath work is that we get to go into those spaces. And sometimes we don't even know like what we're actually holding and storing. And when we activate the nervous system in a, in the way that somatic breath work release does, it actually does the job for us. Like the breath goes in and it's like a broom and it just sweeps it out. And, and there's been times where I just cried tears and I had no clue. And it may not have been my stuff. Like it may have been stuff that I was holding from retreats of, of just witnessing this kind of stuff. And there was just like a little pocket of it that I was storing that wasn't for me, um, but just a little bit of heaviness. And so when, when we go in and we clear this stuff, we can really start breathing in how we want to show up, Mm. what release, what fear was in the way, what story was in the way. And it, it usually goes back to unworthiness for a lot of people. Like there's a story that I shouldn't show up in my fullest because I may get shushed because mom did such a good job with that. Whatever, whatever the backstory is, that was the story for me. And as I continued to breathe into the space, release it and let go, I started repatterning like, oh no, what is my soul here to do? What did I show up to do? Who did I show up to be? How am I to be to the world? And as I did it compounded over time, I just began to show up fuller and fuller and fuller. And, and, And I'll say that a lot of us get to 
build the body for expansion. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's not necessarily a logical shift in consciousness. We have to build our nervous system for expansion so that it can handle the tether of opening up and opening our heart to more. Yeah, I, I just have to say, you're really great at um, explaining things. <laughs> uh, the breadth and the foundation that you provided to get into linking these like concepts was just really, really art, art, artfully done. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So thank you for thank you for speaking into that. And I can definitely like echo that all of it from my own experience in that you know, your capacity to receive anything is really governed by your nervous system. And every year I pick a word. I don't like do a lot of, um, like new year's resolutions. I just pick a a word. That's my theme for the year. And this year, my word was to receive. So Mm -hmm. my theme of the year was like nervous system, like connection, uh, understanding expansion and, it has been just so beautiful and impactful for me and my ability to receive greater vision, to receive greater love, to receive greater abundance. And so it's it's also to say that this work is um, initiating us all, not just the mm-hmm. men, but also the women, as you had, had spoken into as well. Yeah, facts. <laughs> and yeah, I like- just looked at the clock and saw 444. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Love it. Of course it is. <laughs> right where we're supposed to be. Exactly. You know, purpose. Or, you know, yeah, purpose tends to be seen as a more uh, masculine, like, role or container. Um, But it's definitely something that, like, to have that purpose, you need to be connected to the body. And and to me, the soma is, like, also really directly linked to, like, the feminine and the movement as well. So, yeah, Yeah. Um, I'd love to begin kind of wrapping up. I do have a couple of like last sort of bonus questions for you, but if you have anything that you'd like to add at this point, you know, I'd love to just hold space for that as well. I mean, just to piggyback off of what you just said, because so many, so many people come to me saying, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to find my purpose. What is my purpose? Um, You know, how do I do my purpose? And, you know, just to tie a bow on that last thing is like, You know, I believe that my purpose is to be the absolute best version of me Mm. that I can be spiritually, mentally, and physically so that I can reflect back to somebody else their wholeness. And I'm not able to do that unless I'm really embodied and, and nurturing and taking care of all of myself in order to do that. So, uh, you know, there's usually like an exhale that happens when I have this conversation, like the world doesn't need you to do more shit. What the world really, really desperately needs is more people to embody the energy of love, joy, and grace. And then we'd be just a much brighter place if that were the case. Yeah, we've, I feel that we've been conditioned to perceive purpose as this like thing we have to go out and find when in reality, it's our gift to the world. Our purpose is our gift. So why would we need to find it? It's inherently who we are. To me, it's just like unwrapping the layers of trauma and conditioning and all that stuff, which, you know, working with the nervous system and working with breath work does that for you. And so in so many for cases, sure. yeah. Yeah. So what awakens your arrows? What turns you on? What makes you feel erotically alive? It's the question that I ask all my guests. Oh, I love that. Yes. Um, 
for me is real adventure. Um, I love getting on an airplane and packing my bags and entering into the unknown. Um, it really absolutely lights me up with having no idea where I'm going, what's going to happen, what the experiences are, who's going to come into my world. Um, throw a little cage fighting in there. And I'm not going to lie, that really lights me up. Um, there's there's like a warrior spirit within me uh, as I, you know, kind of do like mud fighting and these, these events with the sacred sons. I mean, I get really, really lit up. Uh, so that's me personally. The other, the other side is really watching my partner just absolutely in her element. Like when she's completely dialed in and she's sharing her gifts with the world, she's truly embodying like the deepest reverence for herself, uh, as about the sexiest thing that like ever comes through to me. It's just game over. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Celebrating all of that for you. And where can listeners find you or support you or get involved in your work? They can find me on my Instagram link or Facebook as well. Uh, All of my offerings each month, I do different virtual uh, breathwork sessions for, for men only and for women only. And uh, just about every quarter, I do a retreat as well with the Sacred Sons, which Uh, It could be across the globe or it could be in-state as well. But the best way to find me is on Instagram. Great. And it's at a sacred king. It'll all be linked in the show notes. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Wayne, for joining me today. And I also want to express my gratitude to the listener. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day. And I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta.